Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hey, hey, hey. So happy to be with you. Yes, I'm Jennifer Hadley, and I love to pray, and we will pray in just a moment. Our episode today is entitled, Making Way for Miracles. And have you ever wondered, do you ever wonder why, do you ever wonder why <laughs> you're studying A Course in Miracles for decades but you're not really experiencing a miraculous life. Let's take a look at that today. So we open our heart, we open our mind, and I invite you to place your hand on your heart. We're tuning in and tuning up. We're consciously declaring that we're only interested in hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, the higher self, the holy self, the great, magnificent Mighty I am that I am. We're opening ourselves to a divine dialogue, divine discernment. We're opening ourselves to our faculty of reason, true understanding and knowing, clear insight, real wisdom. We're opening ourselves to this clarity, this insight, this wisdom, which is our freedom. It is our healing. And we're grateful and thankful to surrender all the blocks to reason, all the blocks to clarity, all the blocks to wisdom. We're surrendering them right now, placing them on the holy altar fire of divine love. Love heals everything because love is our natural state. So we're cultivating the ability to hear, to know, to feel, to see only love. This is our only interest. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. So grateful. So very, very grateful. I love to pray. So, uh, this week we are looking at chapter 21, section 5, which is entitled The Function of Reason. The entire chapter is about reason and perception. And I love how the Holy Spirit guides me. You know, uh, a lot of weeks what I do is I simply hold the book in my hand and I ask Spirit to guide me. What what are we to look at this week? And then I just open to the page and there it is. The function of reason. So, this section is about understanding that when we are identified with the ego, our mind is not functioning properly. We already know that, right? So, and it's about how to access the miracle mind and how to really turn the ship around. So, it starts with perception selects and makes the world you see. So you might remember that just a few pages before in this chapter, we have the um, responsibility for sight, which is section two. And I'm just going to review that because it's so helpful in terms of understanding perception and projection. So chapter 21 is reason and perception. Section two is the responsibility for sight. So, it begins with, we have repeated how little is asked of you to learn this course. It is the same small willingness you need to have your whole relationship transformed to joy. The little gift you offer to the Holy Spirit, for which He gives you everything, 
the very little on which salvation rests, the tiny change of mind by which the crucifixion is changed to resurrection. Small willingness brings you all that. All that. And a bag of chips. Very big chips. (laughs) And being true, it is so simple that it cannot fail to be completely understood. Rejected. Yes, so we can reject it. But if we're willing, we cannot fail to understand it. It's not ambiguous. So if you choose against it now, it will not be because it's obscure. But rather that this little cost, this little price, seemed, in your judgment, to be too much to pay for peace. So here it is, coming at you, how to get to peace. Will you pay the price or not? It says, this is the only thing you need do for vision, happiness, release from pain, and the complete escape from sin, all to be given you. Say only this, but mean it with no reservations, for here the power of salvation lies. Okay, here it is. Say this and mean it, and your salvation, your happiness, your joy, your resurrection, the whole enchilada is yours. Here it is. I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience and I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I have asked. I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience. Everything that seems to happen to me, I've asked for. And it is delivered to me exactly as I have ordered it. So you can see how we look at our life and we think, What? I'm not responsible for my neighbor's dog pooping on my yard. What? How could I be responsible for that? How could I, as a three-year-old child, be responsible for being sexually molested? How could I be responsible for that? Right? This is where the ego mind goes. So we have to recognize that with the ego mind, we cannot comprehend it, we cannot understand it, it's a fool's errand to try. So we just give that up. I'm willing to understand it. You see? I'm willing to see that I'm responsible for everything I see. I am willing to understand that I have chosen the feelings I experience. I'm willing to recognize and understand and take responsibility for everything that seems to happen to me is being given to me exactly as I've asked. That's all. We just are willing. That's all. And therein our salvation lies, our happiness, our joy, our resurrection. And the relationship resurrection. The resurrection of our relationships all lies in taking responsibility. Recognizing that everything is just as I wish it would be. So that's my little shorthand. You've heard probably heard me say that many times. My little shorthand is, I am responsible for what I see and everything is just as I wish it would be. So... When things don't make sense to me, oh my gosh, it just started snowing. I'm not in Kauai anymore. (laughs) I'm not in Kansas anymore. Uh, (laughs) I am in uh, Deer Isle, Maine. Yes, I am. I went from an island in the Pacific to an island uh, in the Atlantic and uh, did a diagonal move uh, far east and um, it is now snowing. I have not seen any snow in some time. Sorry, folks. It's beautiful. Okay. <sighs> April 26th, and it's snowing. So, going back to the section, Function of Reason, perception selects and makes the world you see. So, it is our perception 
that selects and makes the world we see. Now, let's understand this, too, because the world we see is the world we perceive. That's what it's telling us. And the world we perceive is the world we project. So, there are all kinds of things happening in our world that we cannot see because our perception is tainted with memories of the past, with beliefs, with karma, with whatever you would like to give names to. Our ability that we're cultivating is to know the truth because therein lies our freedom. So what we know is not perception. It's reason. It's it's direct knowing. It's wisdom. That's what we're going for. So we're actively moving out of perception and into direct knowing. So as we make this move, we're going to start to see things differently. We're going to start to see things that we never used to see. And um, Michael Beckwith has a beautiful little uh, fun way to talk about this. And he says, when you believe more and when you don't see than what you do see, then you will see what you don't see and you won't see what you do see. So that's the gist of it. I'm going to say that just a little slower in case you never heard me say it before. So it's when you believe more in what you don't see. So right now, the ego is, we're more identified with the ego, let's say, in a moment where we're experiencing distress, let's say. We're more identified with the ego. So we're not seeing the angelic presences. We're not seeing that Jesus is always with us. This is what he tells us in A Course in Miracles. I am always with you. Nothing ambiguous about that. I am always with you. And he says, I mean it literally. So, If you can't see and feel Jesus, it's because of your perception. And our perception is because of the ego identification. So when you believe more in what you don't see, okay, I don't see Jesus. I don't see the angels right now. Right now, I don't see a way out of my difficulty. Right now, I don't see how it is that I could ever be responsible for this challenge I'm having. Right now, there's a lot I don't see. But I'm willing to believe more in what I don't see. I'm willing to believe more in the love, in that I am always held perfectly at the center of the mind of God, with ease and with grace and with joy and with perfection, with wholeness. That I am perfect, whole, and complete now and forevermore. Right now, it's challenging for me to see that, but I am willing to see it. I'm willing to know it. I'm willing to feel it. I'm willing to experience that as my status quo. So we start with, when you believe more in what you don't see than what you do see, then you will see what you don't see. And you won't see what you do see. So it's that willingness to believe more, to have more faith in what we don't see, rather than to catalog our disappointments and our complaints and our distress about what we think we see. Now, I don't know about you, but I can honestly say that there have been many, many, many times in my life, this was my old habit, is something would happen that didn't go the way I thought it should go, or the way I wanted it to go, or what I thought I needed it to go. And I would go into distress, into judgment, into complaint, in trying to control and manage and manipulate things to be the way I wanted them to be. Which was just creating more distress and more distress, and spinning and toiling to no happy end. 
right? That was my training. Be a better manager. Be a better controller. Be a better manipulator. That's what I trained my mind to be able to do. And then I worked myself up into a point where I literally wanted to kill myself. I could see no way to be happy. There was no way in my life. I tried everything I could. I tried every form of manipulation and control and managing things to try and make a life that made me happy. And I realized it is not, I'm not capable of it. I can't do it. It's hopeless. And I feel helpless. And that's why I wanted to kill myself. So, A lot of people have to go all the way to that complete despair before they finally say, all right, I must not have a clue here. So I'm just going to take my hands off the wheel and say, God Almighty, you, I'm giving you the wheel. You drive. I am going to sit here, watch, and learn. Because clearly, I have a lot to learn. So, some people fall flat on their face, drunk, and, uh, you know, drug addicts, alcoholics, sexaholics, shopaholics. You know, we, we find all kinds of ways to get to that point where we just say, I don't have a clue but I'd like one. We we all have to reach a place of true, authentic surrender before we're really willing to learn. Now, some people can reach that place of true, authentic surrender without making themselves miserable, without being addicted to anything, without being desperate or feeling depraved. You know? I wish I could have been one of them, but... No, that was not for my highest good. And I can see now why it wasn't for my highest good. Because my highest good included being able to speak and teach and have people who are miserable and desperate be able to relate to me. So, because of all my misery that I experienced, when I now speak about what I have learned and come to remember about the truth, people can feel, without me telling my history, people can feel in the vibration of my voice that I know what I'm talking about. I experienced it. And this is... What I've noticed about my life is I often go through periods of learning that feel very confusing to me and unpleasant. But then, I, at the end of it, it's like I find the pot of gold that is the rainbow, that is the great rays, as A Course in Miracles would say. And then I realize, oh, so this is how I, I'm going to learn I am learning to teach about this, to speak about this, to share about this. Because that's my great desire, is to fulfill what feels to me this is teacher of God, as Course in Miracles talks about. And in the Manual for Teachers, in, in the chapter where it talks about uh, who are God's teachers... It says that the only thing that your students are waiting for is your willingness to learn, you see. And so, I I believe that we're all teachers of God. Because we teach only love, for that is what we are. So, we're all able to be that teacher. And when we're finally ready to learn... That's when people start showing up. Because what we then demonstrate in the world of form as a teacher is how to learn. 
Because all the wisdom, the truth, the knowing, it's encoded in every one of us. No one has more truth than anyone else. It's about awareness. So we're cultivating our willingness to be aware and to tune into this faculty of reason. So perception selects and makes the world you see. It literally picks it out as the mind directs. So it says here then, for what you look for, what you look for, you are far more likely to discover than what you would prefer to overlook. So, the eyes or the mindset, the awareness that we're looking with is going to tell you what you're going to see. You're going to find what you're looking for. Because if what you're looking for is disappointment, you'll find it. If what you're looking for is someone to blame, you'll find it. Instead of looking outside, we learn to recognize the kingdom is within. We really don't have to seek the kingdom within. We recognize the kingdom is within. And then all else is added unto us. So this is our journey here. It says, The still small voice for God is not drowned out by all the ego's raucous screams and senseless ravings to those who want to hear it. So if you really want to hear the still small voice, no matter how loudly the ego is screaming, you will hear it. So we cultivate the willingness to hear it. The desire to hear it. Perception is a choice and not a fact. Perception is a choice and not a fact. So many times I've done it myself when someone who's got greater awareness is trying to help us and they're pointing things out. We'll argue for our limitations. Yeah, but you don't understand. You know, I, I lost my job and my my whole uh, industry is shutting down. People don't need cassette tapes anymore. And so, you know, something like that. We start uh, arguing for our limitations. But if we're willing to just put that aside and say, I am responsible for what I see and everything is just as I wish it would be. I'm going to change my tune. I'm going to change my mind. And now I'm going to be willing to receive, willing to accept guidance, inspiration, activation, support. I'm willing to accept all these things now. It says... Perception is a choice and not a fact, but on this choice depends far more than you may realize as yet. For on the voice you choose to hear and on the sights you choose to see depends entirely your whole belief in what you are. So what we choose to see and what we choose to believe depends entirely On who we think we are. So for me, the antidote to all the self-flagellation is simply, I am that I am. I am that I am, and I am one with the I am presence of every being everywhere. It says, perception is a witness to this and never to reality. Yet, so perception is not looking at our true reality. It's looking at our projections. It can show you the conditions. Perception can show you the conditions in which awareness of reality is possible or those where it could never be. So we can learn to perceive that the kingdom is within. It's already there. All we have to do is look where it is. You know, it's like if you look outside yourself for the kingdom, you won't find it. If you look outside your perfection, you won't find it. So you have to be willing to accept, I am perfect. 
I am whole. I am complete. And in this, my safety lies. It says, reality needs no cooperation from you to be itself. So our true reality, our wholeness, our freedom, the all good of God needs no cooperation from us to be itself. Your awareness of it needs your help because it is your choice. So this is where we place our attention and our willingness is on cultivating the awareness of the truth. So when we're suffering, we can actually say to ourselves, I am willing to see the truth instead of my perception. I'm willing to know my true reality. I'm willing to experience my true reality. Now. Right now. It's those I am willing statements are so life-changing, so powerful. Yes, they are. <laughs> so beautiful. I, I use them all day long. Boy, have they helped me. It says, listen to what the ego says and see what it directs you see. And it is sure that you will see yourself as tiny, vulnerable, and afraid. You will experience depression, a sense of worthlessness, and feelings of impermanence and unreality. You will believe that you are helpless prey to forces far beyond your own control and far more powerful than you. And you will think the world you made directs your destiny. For this will be your faith. But never believe, because it is your faith. It makes reality. So we place our faith in our opinions and judgments, and then we move into despair. When our faith is misplaced, we move into despair. When we put our faith in our perception, which is our projection, our faith is misplaced. Why would we, if we had any clue, would we ever put our faith in our perception? When we know that we do not see clearly. How many times have we looked at our life and seen what we didn't like, what we didn't want, going on and thinking, this is horrible, this is bad, this is terrible, this is wrong, this is sad, this is depressing, this is hurtful, this is sickening. When in fact, every single time, what is occurring is exactly what we wish it to be. This is how we have scripted to learn this lesson. All things are lessons God would have me learn. So this is how we decided to learn it. Let's see beyond the perception and the meaning that we're making of it to our true reality. We're developing the capacity to reason and see and know our true reality. Gosh, I love A Course in Miracles. Yes, it's time for me to take a break. You can hear the music. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and together we're living the love, we're walking the talk. I'm going to go look at the snow. I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And we're back. I got to go out and look at snow. I haven't seen snow since uh, uh, 15 months, 16 months. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right. I have a couple of announcements to make. Um, when I was at the Course in Miracles conference in Las Vegas, they allowed the um, speakers there and the, the folks who were there to purchase discount tickets for the next conference, which is in February 2018. 
So uh, we have those discount tickets for you at Power of Love Ministry. If you go to jenniferhadley.com and go to the events page, you can see there the details of how to pitch purchase one of those discount tickets. And we're happy to help you out with a payment plan as well. Very happy to help you out because it's uh, 22 months away, so plenty of time. You can pay that off, and then we'll see you in San Francisco next winter. I mean, not next winter, winter 2018. Lordy, lordy. (laughs) It seems like a long way away, but before you know it, it'll be the next conference. (laughs) So check that out. And then also, uh, next month, I have three events coming up. So actually, they're coming up pretty quick here. We've got my spiritual counseling training intensive. This is a week-long intensive. Uh, for those of you who would like to improve your spiritual counseling skills or develop them, uh, I have a spiritual counseling training program and this intensive is one of the requirements but uh, people can come to the intensive without being in the training so it's an opportunity for you to improve your counseling skills so we have all kinds of folks coming and uh, boy uh, the last one I did was deeply transformational I remember one person said who had been in class with me for years, said, honestly, I never imagined it could be this good. So uh, let's look forward to some deep healing and some really powerful learning unfolding in that spiritual counseling training intensive. And if you're a therapist or a coach or anyone who could get continuing education or licensing units for taking this intensive, we're happy to help you uh, accomplish that goal. We've got a number of people who are doing that, so you can come and do that with us. Uh, And then I have my uh, Masterful Living Advanced Student Retreat for people who've taken in year two uh, with me or gone beyond that or currently in year two or beyond so you're all invited to the advanced retreat and then I have my stop playing small retreat uh, which is going to be a great getaway we're going to do some deep healing work or we're focusing on moving into joy Yeah, we're moving into joy. It's a big focus for me in the work uh, we're doing this year is uh, unwrapping our joy and moving into joy. So if you'd like to get some spring cleaning and clear some mental, emotional clutter, the Stop Playing Small retreat might be just the ticket for you. And all three of these events are in North Carolina at the Art of Living Retreat Center, which is a gorgeous retreat center in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. They have fantastic food. They have an Ayurvedic spa. And I'm very excited to be offering these events. It's such a wonderful spot. I hope you'll come and join us. And uh, one last announcement. Next week, Monday, I begin my, let's see, what's that date? May 2nd, my Trust and Faith series. It's a four-part series of classes, Building Your Trust and Faith. So, last announcement. All righty. <sighs> So we're moving out of victimhood. It says, reality needs no cooperation from you to be itself. But your awareness of true reality needs your help. Because it's your choice what you're going to experience. Your perception or true reality. Listen to what the ego says and see what it directs you to see. And it is sure that you will see yourself as tiny, vulnerable, afraid. You will experience depression, a sense of worthlessness, feelings of impermanence, and unreality. You'll believe that you are helpless prey to forces far beyond your own control and far more powerful than you. And you will think the world you made directs your destiny. For this will be your faith. But never believe 
because it is your faith, it makes reality. So if you're feeling any of those things, that tiny, vulnerable, afraid, depressed, worthless, uh, feeling like nothing is dependable, you're prey to forces beyond your control and that others are more powerful than you and that your destiny is one that you don't like, give it all up. Just give it all up and be willing to know the true reality. That's it. Seriously. And But we have to hold to it because every time we start to feel depressed again or sad again or afraid again, it's time for us to choose again. It says, there is another vision and another voice in which your freedom lies, awaiting but your choice. And if you place your faith in them, the, the voice, the vision, you will perceive another self in you. So, again, Course in Miracles comes back to, it's a, a choice of identification. That all of our problems come from a misidentification wrongful identity so place our faith in the still small voice in the vision of the higher Holy Spirit self and then you'll be able to perceive another self in you this other self sees miracles as natural Miracles are as simple and as natural to the other self, the higher self, as breathing is to the body. Miracles are the obvious response to calls for help. The only one it makes. So when we call for help, which we don't, do often enough. I can't tell you how many times I have counseled someone who is going through great misery and distress, and I just ask them, I inquire, do you ask for help from Jesus, from the angels, from your higher self, from the I am that I am, from the company of heaven, from all that is holy, from the universe? From life, do you ask for help? And they say, Oh, no, I forgot to ask for help. So can you see how separation is our only problem? The belief in separation. Because we feel so separate, we forget to ask for help. Because when we're united, just think when you're in a relationship with a person or a group of people and you feel connected, you don't mind asking for help. Not when you feel connected. Not when you feel united. Of course you're going to ask for help. I think that's one of the things I love most about my Masterful Living class is the community in the class, when they feel depressed or dejected or their their things are being triggered and they're going through stuff, they ask for help. They train themselves to ask for help, to ask for prayer, to not go it alone. There's no points for going it alone, and there's so much benefit for not going it alone. So we can move, this is how we move into miraculous living. This is how we're making way for miracles. It's through this practice of partnering up asking for help so miracles are the obvious response to calls for help and the only one the higher self makes that's what it says here it doesn't say it exactly like that so I'll say read it how it exactly is it says if you place your faith in them and the them is referring to the vision and the still small voice you will perceive another self in you. And that is the higher self, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Self, the I Am Presence. This other self sees miracles as natural. The higher self sees miracles as natural. 
Miracles are as simple and as natural to it as breathing to the body. So miracles are as simple and as natural to the higher self as breathing is to the body. Miracles are the obvious response to calls for help and the only one the higher self makes. The only one it makes is what it says actually. So miracles seem unnatural to the ego because it does not understand how separate minds can influence each other. Right? The ego doesn't understand how separate minds, separate bodies can, you know, the bodies, yes, but in separate minds, ego says, no, how could his mind influence my mind? How could her mind influence my mind? How could my mind influence their mind? The ego can't understand that. And separate minds can't influence each other. They can't. But fortunately for us, minds cannot be separate. <laughs> Bonus! Yes. So that's not even an issue. We don't have to wonder why or how minds could influence each other. There are no separate minds. There's one mind. And it says the other self is perfectly aware of this. The higher self is perfectly aware of this. And thus it recognizes that miracles do not affect another's mind, only its own. They always change your mind, there is no other. So miracles always change your mind and there is no other. This is why we focus entirely when a loved one is distressed, when a loved one is a drug addict, when a loved one is confused, we change our mind about them. And that supports their healing because we share the one mind. When someone feels their life is not worth living, we know the truth that their life is worth living. That they are perfect, whole, and complete. Our work is to know that, and in knowing that, then everything changes. It really does. Because there's just the one mind. It says, you do not realize the whole extent to which the idea of separation has interfered with reason. Reason lies in the other self you have cut off from your awareness. So reason lies in the higher self. And nothing you've allowed to stay in your awareness is capable of reason. So the ego is not capable of reason. It's just not. So we can just forget that thought. How can the segment of the mind devoid of reason understand what reason is or grasp the information it would give. This is why when we're identified with the ego and we're trying to understand things, we're on a fool's errand. The higher self already knows. What we must do is quit the identification with the small, selfish, confused self that the ego is and focus on being willing to fully identify with the higher Holy Spirit self. And this shift is what's going to enable us to access wisdom, insight, creativity, clarity, abundance, prosperity, wholeness, freedom, joy, and all the spiritual qualities of God. Reason lies in the other self you've cut off from your awareness, and nothing you've allowed to stay in your awareness is capable of reason. How can the segment of the mind devoid of reason understand what reason is or grasp the information it would give? All sorts of questions may arise in the small mind, the ego mind, but if the basic question stems from reason... It will not ask it. Like all that stems from reason, the basic question is obvious, simple, and remains unasked. But think not, reason could not answer it. (laughs) A little bit of Yoda there. So God's plan for your salvation could not have been established without your will and your consent. 
we don't have to, ours is not to reason why. Ours is but to be the love or die. (laughs) So, skipping down to paragraph 6, God's plan is simple, never circular, and never self-defeating. You know, that's one of the things that we notice about the ego mind is it's very circular. If this, then that. So, if he doesn't love me, then I can't be happy. If I can't be happy, then what's the point of living? If there's no point in living, why am I bothering? But you know, the thing is, is our happiness is not dependent upon the things of this world. Not in our true reality. And the things of this world can only make us happy for a brief moment. This is why when we think we have what we want, for a moment we're briefly happy because we've given ourselves permission to stop wanting for a moment. It's the endless wanting and needing and craving that makes us so unhappy. If we can stop and be still and know I am God, then there's no wanting, no craving, no needing. There's just that sweet stillness. And in that sweet stillness will enter inspiration, motivation, and everything that's necessary for us to take loving steps, loving action, to open ourselves to more peace, more love, and more joy. God's plan is simple, never circular, never self-defeating. God has no thoughts except the self-extending. And in this, your will must be included. Thus, there must be a part of you that knows God's will and shares it. It is not meaningless to ask if what must be is so. But it is meaningful to ask what you are unaware of is so. For this Um, Excuse me. But it is meaningful to ask why you are unaware of what is so. For this must have an answer if the plan of God for your salvation is complete. And it must be complete because its source knows not of incompletion. God's nature is to be complete. That's what God's nature is. Wholeness. Completeness. So we're already complete. Nothing of this world can complete us. Thank you, Jerry Maguire. So it's meaningful to ask why you are unaware of what is so. Meaning, why are we unaware that God's will for us is perfect happiness? Why are we unaware of that? Let's ask that question. Why am I unaware of it? And what I get is because we're not interested in it. That's not what we're interested in it. We're not interested in God's will. And this is why we flail about experiencing, playing around with the illusion of free will. Where would the answer be but in the source? And where are you but there? Where the answer is. Your identity as much a true effect of this same source as is the answer must therefore be together and the same. Oh yes, you know this and more than this alone. Yet any part of knowledge threatens dissociation as much as all of it. So we fear dissociation with the body, with the ego, as much as we think what we would like to know is pure spirit. We can look at our choices and recognize that's not what we're choosing. A little bit later, it says, faith and perception and belief can be misplaced and serve the great deceiver's needs as well as truth. 
But reason has no place at all in madness, nor can it be adjusted to fit its ends. Faith and belief are strong in madness, guiding perception toward what the mind has valued. So we have valued the madness, we've valued the insanity, we've valued the darkness and the confusion, and we can shift it all into making way for miracles through our willingness. We're willing to discover the part of our mind that knows, that is in tune with true reason. And we can surrender all the meaning that we've made of things that we think is valuable. There is no reason in insanity, for it depends entirely on reason's absence. So we're reclaiming reason, divine wisdom and clarity. This is what we're going for. Wow, it goes by so fast. Snowing harder now, and <laughs> I'm, I'm so grateful to join with you each and every week in this radio show. If you don't know, you can subscribe to the podcast at Stitcher and at iTunes. The podcast links are on the Unity online site, and they're also at jenniferhadley.com. So I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. There's no cost to it. And then every week, as soon as the episode is ready for download, it'll be available in your podcast app, uh, either on your computer on your iPad, your phone, uh, Android is uh, uses Stitcher, iPhones and iPads use iTunes. So check it out. And while you're uh, doing that, if you enjoy this radio show, won't you take time to write a review? The more reviews you write, uh, the more they promote the show uh, from there, and then the more people can find it. Thank you for writing a review. And uh, this radio show is supported entirely by your donations. You can make donations to Unity and you can make donations to powerofloveministry.net or at jenniferhadley.com and uh, your contribution is most welcome. We have uh, over 330 episodes available for download right now. So I invite you to place your hand on your heart Take a breath of love and gratitude with me as we're so grateful and so thankful that love is what we are, perfect love. We're already complete, so we're willing to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self, surrender the habit of going it alone. We're willing to know the truth that sets us free. In gratitude, we let it be. We share the benefits with all. We know it's done. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you. Have a great week. I love you.